0: You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force special operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now, here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love.
1: Hey, everyone, need something to get you going in the morning? Check out alphabrewcoffee.com. They have four primary blends. One is based off of Focus, which has lion's mane mushroom in it. Another one is based off of Recovery, which has Cordyceps, Cordyceps which again, I'm probably saying wrong. Um, another one has CBD and 500 milligrams of CBD. Now, if you're military, you can't take it. But from what I'm told, it helps out with recovery and just helping your body feel good. And then the last blend is based off of immunity and defense to your body, which has Reishi, mushrooms in it and I'm probably saying that one wrong too but whatever I'm not a scientist they also have apparel and mugs and stuff like that that you can you know swag that you can promote their business and show your support for them so if you want to get a discount enter the promo code ones ready at the checkout and that'll get you a discount and it supports us supporting them And uh, we're not really getting anything from it, but, you know, they're a friend of the podcast and we want to support them. So go check them out, alphabrewcoffee.com.
0: The best claps of all time. We do everything here to a top level. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the team room. You're here with Peaches and myself continuing on with this little something we're we're doing called Tell You Everything We Can About Everything We Do. We're continuing down our mission sets. Remember those three mission sets that we get after in ST and in the Air Force Special Tactics Realm. Our global access, precision strike, and recovery. We've already got global access knocked out. We hit personnel recovery. Well, guess what time it is now? Now it's time for the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that drops bombas on your mamas. CCT yeah. Peaches, Chief Jeez. Jared Peaches. <laughs> I just, I didn't know I was going to say that. Sometimes it's fun. Um, so we're going to. Yeah, talk we may to- have to edit that one out. I mean, that's Uh-oh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. bombas <laughs> on mean, your mamas.
1: Yeah, we don't really, we don't really uh, edit anything. Like we keep it <laughs> <Yeah>. pretty. Uh, <laughs> So we we leave all the all the bloopers and all the, the foo bars in there.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big thing. Somebody's been like, uh, hey, we, we want you guys to post a blooper reel. Okay, we'll just go listen to the podcast. We left yeah, exactly it in. congratulations. <laughs> we leave it um, for you. <laughs> yeah, right. So we're gonna talk precision strike today. We're gonna talk all things JTAC and what better person to have than you, Peaches. You've worked this your entire career, obviously. You've got some great experience you know, working at WebTAC, working at the weapon school and now being the chief of a two series unit. So, man, just start us off right away. Like what is Precision Strike?
1: So Precision Strike is a, <laughs> it's actually pretty simple. It's exactly the way it sounds. It is taking uh, kinetic and non-kinetic effects or lethal and non-lethal, depending on, you know, what doctrinal term you want to use um, and then putting it to the enemy or using it, you know, against the enemy. Um, so that could be in the, the category of it's, you know, bombs and bullets, or it could be, you know, your uh, electronic warfare and that kind of stuff, um, which I've got a caveat like, at the very beginning. If you're expecting us to go into NASA's details about some of the more sensitive and classified topics of this, which there are a significant amount within precision strike and it ain't going to
0: happen. We're not gonna teach you how to develop targets. We're not gonna teach you how to, like we're not gonna teach you some of these like more important things. This is a wave tops view so that you guys know guys and gals know what you're getting into. So and then keep in mind there's a bunch of different ways that we can get effects on target from from air integration using precision strike. Sometimes you don't even need to be a JTAC. Sometimes it's no kidding, you're on the ground and you say, Hey, this is me aircraft, I need help. And the aircraft is like, cool. And then you talk through it, you have a conversation, then the aircraft helps you destroy or helps you stop whatever it is that you're trying to stop. Um, we're really talking about being a JTAC, right? So why don't, why don't you lay it out? What is a JTAC? So
1: it's a, a joint terminal attack controller. And one of the misnomers that happens a lot, especially in the, the comments section of the forums, um, and, and really people that are just genuinely uh, curious because they don't know because the term jTac is thrown out all the time um, even within the DoD in the soft community somebody says hey I need a jTac but maybe they don't necessarily know exactly what they need because they think a jTac only drops bombs which a jTac does not just drop bombs but mm-hmm. um, so the important it's important to note that it's it's a qualification so within the Air Force you have a couple of um, AFSCs or jobs that can be JTAC qualified. You know, you've got your TACPs, you've got your combat controllers, your um, special tactics officers, right? And then your TACPOs, those are the the four primary, there may be an obscure one, but generally it is not because it's written in the Air Force Instruction that it has to be those four. And I'm probably missing one. So everybody out there, like, I know, uh, I, as the program manager or the previous program manager, I should know, but I was dealing with, uh, you know, all the other, you know, NAV spec war, Mars right.
0: Army and that kind of stuff as
1: well. Well, so. I, I
0: will, I will say that there in UCOM. We have had a couple crows that have achieved the JTAC qualification. So that's, and, and it's not across the board. You being a crow, I have my own feelings on whether they should be JTACs or whether that's appropriate for the officer on the ground. <laughs> We're not going to get into it, but I am saying like, just in case, like, I know y'all in the comments actually be like, well, actually, I know there's a Crow, there's a JTAC. Yeah, we know, guys. All right. But it's not the whole job. All right. Go ahead.
1: But the the one thing I did want to touch base on, because there is a, a nasty little rumor going around that JTAC, is, the JTAC qualification is going away for combat control, which is not the case. Um, you got to think that with across the board with you know, everything, a lot, not everything, but a lot of things are, are slowing down and dying down a little bit. So the requirement to have JTAGs is going down. So that, that's all it is. So are we seeing within CCT a, a decrease in JTAG qualified combat controllers? Yes, we are. But that's not because the mission's going away. It's because the requirement isn't what it was a year, two years, three years ago. That's all right. it is. So right. we're, not, we're not divesting of the capability. We are maintaining the capability um, until somebody comes in and says, no, you're not, but that, that has not been on the table. Um, right. and in the conversations that I've had with senior leaders, and, and that yeah. is definitely not, you know, talking to command chief Smith, uh, general Clark, the SOCOM commander and the SOCOM, uh, command senior enlisted, like they are not, don't plan on getting rid of that capability for
0: AFSOC and CTC. Right. The frustrating thing for me is when we talk about it, and people that think they know so much about the career field, they just study and study and study. And then they come and they ask us, they're like, well, we heard that JTAC is going away. Like, hold on, man. The number one person that needs our services, like that that needs JTACs from the Air Force, we have the gold standard JTAC. The CCT is the gold standard JTAC, right? The number one people that ask for us is the other SOCOM entities. We just shut down Afghanistan. We just shut down almost all kinetic operations in Iraq and Syria. We are shutting down kinetic operations almost everywhere. So, if all of those things aren't a thing anymore and those requests, those teams don't need us anymore, that doesn't mean that we're getting rid of JTAC. It, it means that the mission is changing. So, for people that are so well versed on this stuff, for them not to be able to put two and two together and to get all up in their feels about the JTAC qualification going away, it just it's frustrating because you and see how, sm- yeah,
1: you know, <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's, that's for, you know, the Navy, Navy SEALs have JTACs, mm-hmm. Army Green Berets have JTACs. So does MARSOC, right? They're feeling the same thing. So it's not mm-hmm. just us. Um, right. And I I do want to point out to all my TACP brethren out there, you heard it from a PJ CCT qualified JTACs or CCT qualified finance. <laughs> see, eh? look at that JTAC qualified combat controllers the gold standard so hey. all you tag out there
0: got them come out well, me. I, mean, come at me, well <laughs> but I can't uh, i can't
1: even say it right so whatever. i know yeah
0: i really wish it would have been clean too but like i like you said we it's it's not getting edited. well let's <laughs> let's talk about that too so people will naturally ask ask the question because it's part of precision strike right and i think jc Roomba did a great job like man Roomba laid it out like conventional jtac you know working for the conventional forces are there any other differences in, in TACP and cct in the way that they use precision strike i mean so there's a whole bunch
1: of different ways that you can use precision strike and, it, and it's all about air integration right um you know or you could say air to ground integration but mm-hmm. you know so we all use it differently uh like Roomba talked about you know in a conventional fight using the armor and and it it's not a just air integration um so that's kind of a misnomer what i said at the beginning it's air to ground so um but it's also ground to ground or surface to, to ground right mm-hmm. so you you're talking about artillery, naval gunfire, um, any, any munition from an aircraft kind of thing mm. that, that is the kind of integration. And it's, it's not just doing, you know, hey, I'm I'm dropping some, you know, a couple of bombs from an A-10 uh, and that's it. It is, I'm calling an artillery to suppress an enemy air defense system, right? Um, mm-hmm. On the ground, because that A-10 can't get in that A-10. I'm just used to probably using A-10 because I have much love for the Hawk, but um, sure. yeah, get it. that that A-10 can't enter into that airspace and get close enough to do other things with that, with that enemy air defense system right there. So I'm using the artillery to suppress that to essentially keep their heads down while we're bringing in the A-10. Now, maybe the A-10 goes ahead and kills that uh, you know air defense system and then mm-hmm. and it goes out the way and then I can move that artillery to something else. I mean, it could be something like that. So you're, you're bringing in, um, HIMARS, right? And sure. I, don't ask me what HIMARS stands for, but if you guys I, want. Dude, to, I've never,
0: I've yeah. never understood what those are. I know when they go off on base, they're I, amazing. Know they look, I know what they look like. I know what they sound like, but I don't even know what that acronym means. They're amazing.
1: And they've got some, they got some legs on them, but mm-hmm. right. So it could be something like that. It's just, it's taking all of that capability. And integrating it to to have a um,
0: an overall a, force presence. Yeah, like yeah, yeah.
1: create an effects, a coordinated attack that that creates all kinds of chaos and also you know progresses the the initiative and the mission.
0: Right. And what we're trying to do is, and I describe this with CQC all the time. I sometimes use it with jujitsu. What we're trying to do is, we're trying to present the enemy an unsolvable problem. So we've got artillery coming in, we have aircraft that are getting effects, maybe there's a team of special operators on the ground that are also making a maneuver, maybe there's a larger force that's inserting at different places, these are ways that we can use uh, quick what's the, the, the mass moose, like what is the, um, like you're using mass maneuver. There's the, oh, the economy, economy of force. You're talking right, about- like all of these things, right? Like, yeah, you know, basic, basic military doctrine stuff. But this is a way that we operate in the larger fight, right? Um, and really what we're talking about here is like kinetic and lethal. When we start really putting uh to use a quote, uh warheads on foreheads, right? So let's talk not about bombas kinet- on <laughs> not bombas on mamas. Not bombas on drop a bombas <laughs> on your mamas and warheads on foreheads, Doc. Um, let's talk about kinetic stuff and uh, and go over CAS for us. So close air support. Close
1: air support. So generally, so there's not a a doctrinal limit on what is defined as close, right? So you're talking about, you know, some of your folks that have dropped danger close within, you know, 50 meters or even right on top, you know, um, which is extremely scary. Um, Or you can, you can talk about, you know, close air support being four kilometers, right? Um, Now, is somebody with a couple of M4s or something like that really um, a threat to me that is 4K away on their feet? No, not at all. I've got time right. to think about that, right? Um, but is some technicals that have some, you know, recoilless rifles or um, some RPGs that are mounted in a vehicle hauling ass towards me, uh, 4K away, would that be considered close air support? Yeah, I would probably consider that close, right? So I'm going to use effects from the air or artillery to engage that target. Um, So that's really what close air support is. Cast gets thrown out all over the place, um, which, which is kind of nice because you have a lot of gray area to work with. It's vague. um, You can consider a lot of stuff cast, but there there's no doctrinal term of what defines
0: close. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we're as we're going through this kind of kinetic stuff, we have different levels of JTAC, just like mm-hmm. different levels of everything else. So you'll get that initial qualification. Remember, it's not a certification, it's a qualification. So you get qualified as a joint terminal attack controller, but then there's levels to that too. So the next one is JTAC I. Can you tell me what JTAC I is? Yep.
1: So you have a JTAC instructor. Um, and it's it's kind of like what what I've talked about uh before, you know, building your bench. we we kind of mold and we develop our own folks. We don't, we try not to outsource it. Yeah, there are some outsourcing like with shooting schools, stuff like that, but not not in the JTAC realm. Like we really build our own guys because we need them to, to be exactly, uh, to not only meet the standards, but be, to be exactly what we need them to be. So you have our, our JTACs, our JTAC instructors, that are instructing our JTACs and instructing the, the, the folks that haven't become JTACs yet. And then you have your JTAC E's, which are evaluators. So that is pretty much the, the top of your JTAC, you know, hierarchy that you can get. And that JTAC E is able to evaluate JTAC I's, JTACs, and the, the, the folks that are trying to become JTACs. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess if you want to call it a hierarchy, in that you have your program managers. Um, but your your JTAC E's are typically your program managers. One of them at a unit is going to be your program manager, and they are managing, um, it's essentially their program. It's technically the commander's program, um, but really everything's the commander's program. So, um, man, I just went off on a tangent. You guys aren't going to know what the hell I'm talking about (laughs) when it comes to program managers and commander's program and stuff like that. That is the nerd. And that's what happens when you try and record at 7 15 in the morning and the
0: coffee <laughs> hasn't kicked in yet. That's why exactly. I am not able to talk. <laughs> well, let, let me wrap it up for everybody. So just because you get through the pipeline and you get that everybody is is out there that wants to go into the precision strike room, whether it be TACP or whether it be JTAC or uh, combat control, everybody's looking at this and you're going, Hey, I can't wait to get to JTAC. Let me let me pull the uh let me pull the curtain back a little bit. You're going to be constantly evaluated and you're going to be constantly upgrading your entire career. So, you know, what Peach has just laid out is you get to the unit and you get that JTAC and you're like, I've made it. No, you haven't. You're expected to get those skills sharp. You're expected to continue with that progression. And then eventually you get to JTAC I. And then you'll be be bestowed the the title of instructor. And now it's not good enough for you to just be a good JTAC. You have to be able to teach other people how to do it. You have to teach them how to make their skills better. And you have to be 100% on target all the time. And then you're not done there. As you progress through your career, you're going to become an evaluator. And then not only do you have to be able to instruct, but you have to be able to run a program. You have to know about how to get rid of your own internal biases to actually evaluate somebody appropriately. You have to know what to look for. You have to know exactly what the ROE say. You have to know exactly what the J-Pubs and J-Fire says about everything. You can, like when these young guys does, and you'll remember, you know, when I became an evaluator and people would come to me and they'd ask me really wazzy questions about stuff, I would, I'd be like. Crap, I got to set my game up. I got to be able to answer this question. You're never done being evaluated. And even when you get to the program manager level, if you think Peaches is the the JTAC program manager, didn't have a boss, and didn't have people that came to him and be like, hey, you need to tell me about this. It's a different fight. And the answers that you give are even more important. So it doesn't really matter if you know exactly what the progression looks like. The point is, is we always train. We always get better. You're always going to be a student. You're always going to be in an upgrade. And getting a single qualification isn't the end of the road.
1: No, no, it's
0: definitely, you don't stop.
1: Um, It is always an upgrade. You're always either trying to get current or proficient or what's the next thing? Uh, You nailed that
0: for sure. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote it
1: down last night. Yeah, um, I literally read it. <laughs> I
0: had to read it. Um, so let's let's talk uh, some of the stuff. We already kind of talked about some of the things that you can apply in kinetic opera, uh, uh, or things that you can employ in kinetic operations. We talked about HIMARS, and we talked about artillery a little bit. Can we talk about uh, this? Is always the coolest one. Have you ever called in naval gunfire? No, nope, I have not. It, it's all been in a simulator. Um, Dang it. Uh,
1: it! So naval gunfire is tough to get. Um, for anybody right. even even folks in the navy it is extremely tough artillery and high mars high mars is um, uh, a little bit more accessible it's it's still it, it, i don't want to say it's rare but it, right. it's you know um it's easy to get artillery if you want 155s or 105s or something like that Like that's easy easy yeah. to go get um yeah. The high mars a little bit more because they're expensive. Like even the training yeah. munitions is expensive. Um, but I've got casts, I've got casts off of hogs and vipers and mm-hmm. F-15Es and stuff like that for days.
0: I think I told the story on the other one. The only uh the only live call I've ever gotten, I have called a 105. Uh, from an AC-130. So I've got a couple of 105 rounds and you know, it was through training back at the 321st. So it, that was pretty cool. But uh, just for everybody to know, HIMARS is a, essentially a ground-based precision rocket that you can call in. So it's fired from the ground. It's meant to be a ground-to-ground weapon uh, and it's pretty accurate. And, and like we said, they're awesome. How about uh, laser guidance? We always have the cool guy pictures of of you lazing a target and uh, calling in bombs. Uh, what's that like? So a lot of that is uh, is kind of a legacy capability. Yeah, we still have
1: munitions and stuff like that that do use laser. um, But doing it ground based laser is is a little bit rarer these days just because Mm -hmm. um, one. I mean, the kit itself, even though through the years it has gotten smaller and the battery consumption or power consumption has has shrunk. Like a lot, oftentimes, whether it's conventional or soft missions, like it's you're on the move, so being able to set up a laser, laser in a target, um, is a little bit more challenging these days. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, it's easier for me to just laser it in from an aircraft. Um, yeah. Now, way the way we will use lasers now is kind of just for for marking, like a quick reference point marking type thing. Uh, if we're going sure. to use a laser, but that is sure. Yeah.
0: And all of this really fits into what it is that we're doing here, and it's suppression of enemy air defenses, right? We don't operate on our own. We always fit inside of the bigger mission. And you hit on that earlier. We're using these kinetic actions, JTACs are, in order to suppress enemy air defenses to give us space in the battlefield, right? If you ever, you know, if you think about uh, an integrated air defense platform, how about if we put that in the optic of personnel recovery? If you think The Fat Wendy, the new sixty, is going to be able to go into an area and contested or denied without suppressing that enemy air defense first. You're crazy, and that's how we use kinetic actions from the JTAC in order to suppress that stuff. Um, Usually, those JTACs are are part of kinetic strike cells. Can you explain what that means a little bit? Yeah, uh, before I go
1: into kinetic strike cells, so so like when we talk about precision strike, you know, you've got your cash, you've got your kinetic strike, you've got you know seed seed and bead and stuff like that are are just ways uh you know it's it's essentially like, di- like different mission sets within special tactics mm-hmm. c d cast are all different um mission sets or capabilities within precision strike so um but yeah kinetic strike cells are, are kind of a newer thing um I, I couldn't even give you a timeline i'd say within the next within the last 10 years but it's definitely longer than that um but that is that is based off of more of a um, man. I'm trying to do this and not go classified. But right, yeah, it, it's essentially using a lot of a lot of aircraft, a lot of sensors, and a lot of people looking at the data that is coming in to then um, utilize kinetic effects or lethal effects on the enemy.
0: Right. And this is, if you guys want to go read about it, if you want to put two and two together, go look at the suite on an F-35, look at all the data that they're able to pull in and then push out and send to the larger force in a larger mesh network that can provide a holistic picture. Like imagine you have a blind spot over here, but you have a whole bunch of people everywhere around that blind spot that can give you information, aggregate it and push it out. You can figure out what's in that denied area if you have enough information surrounding it. I think that's probably as close as we can get. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) we're teetering here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, So uh, let's let's talk about the ATAC because everybody everybody loves it. Everybody everybody sees that bad boy on your chest, and they see people going heads down on the ATAC. How how is it that we're using that that technology to really enable precision strike? So ATAC is
1: Android Tactical (laughs) Assault Kit, and this thing is extremely capable. So think about a a droid device, right? An Android device um on a you know I, and i don't even because i'm an iphone guy i don't know what they are but i know they're they're like samsung s9s or whatever yeah. they are right But they're Sevens really nice nines, yeah yeah and we throw them in a nice uh, hardened case that's um waterproof and has connectors and stuff like that but the program itself um is, is android based and and it is the the user interface is so natural to use for for us um so map map software comes up there we can put different layers of imagery on there we can put our um like if we have uh, grid grid reference graphics right grgs um we can put it on there we can um i can see friendlies Right. So if you and I and Trent and Brian or whoever was out and we were kind of separated, uh, and we all had them connected to our radios, then I could see an icon where you were at. If I have it connected to other radios, airplanes can see where we're located at and they can see our little icons as we're moving around. Um, then I can also drop a point uh, and nominate that point as a target and it'll generate some of the targeting data for me. And then I can either keep that to myself, I can send it out to you guys on the ground with me, or I can send it to the aircraft and the aircraft receives um, the data, he can see the target, he can see me on the ground, and he's, and he's got all the targeting data that he needs to be able to prosecute that target. Now, that doesn't mean that that pilot just goes in willy nilly and, and, and like there's still conversations that happen. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not like the movies, but, um, the conversations are just kind of cross checks just to make sure, because believe it or not, like built within a, a cast nine line, um, which uh, I'm not going to go through it right now because I will get it right. Man, now I'm calling myself out. I will get it right. There we go. But man, at, uh, at seven 30 in the morning, trying to go through this and I mess it up, I will never be able to let that down. But so you can go right. and look up a nine line yourself. Um, I'll yeah,
0: I'll put it out there like lines one, two, three or na. That's whole, that's for like, you. Yeah, you want me to keep going? Lines four, five, and six. Target well, description. I mean, there's, there's... In, <laughs> in effect, let's go, baby. Hey, you know what I need to do for that? I can make that nine line so much faster. Watch this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a JTAC. <laughs> help, help! Help me! I'm scared. Help me! <laughs>
1: but yeah, so that, that ATAC system is, is phenomenal. And you don't have to be a great part about it. You don't have to be a JTAC qualified person to carry that thing. Like we give it to all the team members and, you know, I know we talked about it. It was either on the, the RQS uh, episode that we did or the personnel recovery, but like PJs are carrying ATAC, not just for, um, uh, you know, uh, situational awareness. Like it's a huge essay builder when you get to see icons and you're like, hey, I wonder where Aaron's at. Oh, yeah, there he is. Okay. Always right there. Um, but being able to connect that up to uh, what are they? What is the doctor or the ones that you guys use? The version? Bad,
0: yeah, Bad Doc.
1: Bad Doc. Yeah. Bad so doc. being able to, that's what's great about it is that all of that, those are just plugins and they just, they all integrate together. So whether I get, um, you know the a JTAC version if you will and you guys get a medical version then hey that's great but they all talk together which is which is awesome so yeah that capability has really 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 um, you know to use a cliche phrase change the game but it is well it is an it, awesome capability
0: it really has and if you look at it, it it actually supports all the AFSCs because as a as a team sergeant like right as a tactical lead on the ground I'm able to know where my friendly forces are. I'm able to figure it out. My primary medic can pull up his ATAC and he can use BatDoc and he can monitor 10 patients at a time. Oh, by the way, the Jumpmaster used his ATAC Uh in order to plot our hey-ho offset in order to get us in there. The special reconnaissance guy, there's plugins for him, for him to aggregate information. The COM A4 and A6 guys, they set it up. So there's a wireless mesh network that we can talk to one another. It's a tool, but it's a tool that we use to get after almost every single mission set. And it's invaluable to that to that cast mission set or that precision strike um mission set that we're doing here. So yep. it really is a force enabler. It's one of the coolest things that they've come out with. So yeah, it's and pretty it looks, awesome. It looks tight when you put it on and you take your pictures. You know what I mean? Put a little hashtag goon on there, like hashtag goon is <laughs> uh I'm just at I'm at 7 Eleven in my quad nods and my uh, ATAC getting a hot dog for whatever reason. Idiots. Um <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh I think that I think they we're good there for kinetic. Um this is. We already addressed that earlier. We talked about how things are changing, and you know, the the request for JTACs, Socom wide, and really DoD wide is going down. So we're always going to maintain those kinetic actions and those kinetic skills. But let's talk about uh, non-kinetic and non-lethal. How do we use a JTAC in those environments?
1: Yeah. So this is where it really starts. So there's a lot of classified stuff in the kinetic and the lethal realm. Uh, it's even more in um The non-kinetic. I'm sorry if you guys can hear this. My dog is acting like a complete idiot back here, rolling around <laughs> like she's rolling on her back and putting her feet
0: well, up on the wall.
1: And she's then really just compare,
0: marking up. If you compare it to my dog, look, Odin has not moved. Odin yeah. is like, listen, yeah. you can you can go do this, whatever. I'm just going to chill.
1: And now she's playing
0: with a lacrosse ball. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Odin is like, listen, Dad. I just want to be in the same room. I'm going to chill while you do all this talking or whatever you're doing, and we'll head, I'll head i you just, up later.
1: I love you so much. I just want to I just, hear you talk, Dad. I just,
0: if Odin if Odin was a person, Odin and I would stay on the phone at night on Facetime just to, so he could hear me sleep. Like that's literally <laughs> the type of dog Odin is. He's an emotional support dog. All right. Anyway, yeah, uh, So, so non kinetic.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things like in terms of electronic warfare, the cyber and space, believe it or not, like JTAGs are involved in that. That's about all I can tell you in regards to that. Um, the other stuff would be your more your JADC2, which is a new hot topic on there. It's joint all domain com- command and control. So that is that is where we are trying to integrate all of the services, all of the, the commands um, into a not a single point, but a a multifaceted uh effects on the battlefield right so that's all that is
0: um and, and if you guys if you guys want to hear probably one of the smartest people that i've ever heard of, um go t- go talk or uh, go check out chief smith we did a whole <laughs> podcast with him where he talked about cross-domain cross-domain inter-theater jad c2 and he laid it out and su- i had to go back and listen to it like when we were i re- distinctly remember that podcast where he t- he was starting to talk about this and you know operator next and really contested in nine environments and really what are you going to do in that soft seed environment where maybe this is a 35-day mission and not just a 35-hour mission so um we'll link it here but go go listen to what chief smith has to say on that
1: yeah it's it's, it's pretty awesome and he's wicked smart and he's able to articulate that stuff way better than me way way better, <laughs> way better than me both of them uh, i had no yeah. clue yeah but um you know another aspect of that is the kind of tactical data links right um which is not a new thing it is it is somewhat new to the jtac realm or to the the uh, tag and cct realm um, and it's it's essentially a mesh network that exists and there's different waveforms and different um yeah i will just call it different waveforms um that essentially like i talked about with that ATAC, right? Being able to link it to a radio, which can then talk to airplanes and talk to all of us. Like that's what it does. It integrates into that mesh network. And then we can transmit, we can do voice, we can send um, data link or uh, not data links, but like data points and, and markers and targeting data and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we utilize that not just in CAS and kinetic stuff, but we use it in non-kinetics as well. So.
0: Yeah, and then uh, how about organic ISR? What can you do for us there?
1: Organic ISR, man, that's that's where our SR bub has come in uh, clutch, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's I wish Trent was here to to talk about the SR, and maybe we'll address this. Like we're we're kind of addressing the precision strike and global access and that kind of stuff from a from a. Very much a controller point of view, but I mean, it's just you know, you dove in on the on the PJ side on global access, but like organic ISR is exactly what it means. So we've got our own small aerial systems um, or drones, if you will, that are not just quadcopters like you know commercial off the shelf quadcopters. But we also have you know your your drones that you've seen it in videos where you got to throw them and they crash and the wings fall off. So like we have those as well. Um, that our SR guys and and some of our controllers fly a lot as well. So, if you know, in, in a space like um, on on a massive continent that doesn't have a whole lot of air assets, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm trying to wait for air assets to arrive, that's not going to work out very well. So, if I'm able to launch an organic drone or an organic uh, small UAV to to help provide some kind of intelligence or some build some kind of picture for myself or for the ground force commander why am i why wouldn't i do that so most most teams that are going out there now have some kind of like i said whether it's you know a commercial off the shelf quadcopter which is very simple but limited in its distance and its capability or some of the other drones that are, are small you launch by hand and uh can go farther and have a essentially a better picture, there's a little bit more complicated to fly. So that's yep. that's kind of our organic ISR capabilities.
0: Well, and we use this to great effects. When we were, on, we were on a very small consolidated support location, and we were integrated into base defense, they had larger drones that they could put up. The army was actually in charge of security. But I went to the base commander and I said, hey, if you need it, we have this capability. First of all, he didn't even know that we did that. Second of all, I was like, we can get it up in about five minutes. He was like, that, no, you can't do it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm for real, for real. I was like what? my SR guy. He can sprint to this tent. He can have eyes on. it. If you got a POO for me, I was like, if you got a, a point of origin, he can have eyes on that in about five minutes, and we can start getting you precision fires on that in coordinate, you know, like in coordination with the JTAC. So that's how we're leveraging these effects. The SR guy is getting that drone up, and the JTAC is right next to him, and they're working in concert. Mm-hmm. And we we can get fires on target pretty damn quickly. So,
1: are you saying point of origin and POO because you don't want to say POO site?
0: <laughs> no. I'm just curious, uh, I haven't I haven't
1: heard it spelled out. I haven't heard it sounded out like P O O side. I was sitting there going like
0: P-O-O. We oh, get hit, hit on using <laughs> an ac- We get hit on acronyms so bad, and I just know every time I put an acronym out and I don't describe it, like somebody's going to hit me in the DMs, and then I'm going to get all freaking poo poo about it, and then uh, <laughs> so to speak, I'm just going to be like, oh god, so whatever. So like It's like Darcy.
1: It's like Darcy. I saw somebody had asked about Darcy, and they, they and then I had it. to go
0: look up yeah. what it meant, and because I've never <laughs> even. Known what Darcy is, I've never used a full name. You just say you're going Jackson to Darcy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm like you go to Darcy. That's that's it. Yeah. Um, and then we get kind of into the more you know the 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 stuff here that SR really is in charge of, but controllers do too, and it fits perfectly under you know this whole you know, non kinetic um, non kinetic area for precision strike. But it's really where we're going, and that's you know electronic warfare and cyber can you kind of talk about where we're going with operator next and the things we're trying to get after with electronic warfare and cyber? Uh,
1: man, I, I would, but I honestly, I feel like I would be walking kind of a tightrope and I would yeah. be, t- I would be putting the cart in front of the horse in front of SOCOM and ASOC. Uh, Got it. So okay, I, I'm well, not, I'm not trying to let put me, cop out,
0: but like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's put it like this guys. We are doing things that will blow your mind. There are times when I sit in briefings and you know, Peaches, you and I have been in the same room where we see a briefing, we see a capability, we see what some of the people downrange are doing and they're doing it all over the world. They're doing it in Horn of Africa, they're doing it in all of these places, you UCOM with our partner forces, alone, you know, in a joint environment. I've I've looked across the table at you and done this, kind of like raised my eyebrows and gone, wow, I didn't even know that we were doing that. And right, and this is this is how fast that space is evolving, is that even and even we are like, man, there are a lot of smart people that are helping us integrate and get into this environment because we have to compete in that space. If you you know, and I'll, I'll quote Chief Bass: if you don't win in space, you lose. The first person that can own the space and the cyberspace environments and the the space and cyberspace domains are going to win. And I got to tell you, we're putting a lot of effort into making sure that we're first. And that we're the most lethal in that space, whatever that looks like. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. It, to to say that we have smart people working on um, very complicated problems is an understatement. Um, and I'm not talking about just within ST or special tactics or AFSOC or SOCOM, but I mean our civilians and our contractors. Like you have. Just within the Air Force alone, you have the Air Force Research Laboratory, which are some big brain, no kidding, rocket science scientists that are are just like, I don't know why these people talk to me (laughs) (laughs) like as they're as they're speaking to me or any or any of us, they must just be sitting here like, why am I wasting my time? Yeah, this guy literally drug his knuckles into the building. Like, they just I know am wasting that you're my go tr- time.
0: You're gonna go try to tell your your bros because you're like, dude, listen to this thing. they have to know that you are going to butcher it so bad. But it's like the dumbest game of telephone. Like you're gonna go to your boys you're be like, and then try to explain it. Oh, that's great.
1: Dude, that I I'm, I'm telling you, like for you folks listen out there, and and you know, if if you're you kind of don't know what you want to do in the Air Force, and like you got a big brain, you you love science, you love you know um, developing things and and tinkering around or whatever like the air force can't or the dod can still be the place for you if you want to serve and do that kind of stuff without being active duty i mean there are contractors there are civilians that that are doing phenomenal things and active duty members that are doing Mm -hmm. phenomenal things um because they're just so smart or they they have an idea and they know how to make it work and they start playing around with it and going like, I think I, I like I've got an idea. And then they then they talk to folks like us or they bring us in and go, hey, here's what we've come up with. What do you think? Uh, and then because a lot of times we're we're so brash and it's nothing personal, but it's like, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. I like that. Keep that. Change that. Um, What, what is that doing there? Get that out of here. You know, Um, but, does this come in black?
0: What are you even doing?
1: Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> like, no kidding. Those those. Uh, those folks they don't take it personal either they're just they're sitting there intensely writing down and making sure that they're they're getting everything because they want to make a product because the worst part about it is when people make make a product or make a program or something like that that they that is a good program but maybe the the user interface isn't great or something like mm-hmm. that um so we don't even use it right like that's that's a shame really. So provide, you know, we try and provide that feedback and man, I went off on a tangent there, but yeah. like, if you're, if you're super smart and you have solutions to problems that we have, like
0: we, we need you, whether you're an active duty, civilian or contractor, like, whatever. Right. Because we're all working together as a team to really, really solve the nation's hardest mission sets. We talked about the mission set of precision strike today. That's just one part of what we do inside of AFSOC, but even inside, Of that specific mission set inside of Precision Strike, we went over kinetic stuff, non-kinetic stuff, EW, cyber, how it is that we actually use our JTACs? what the JTAC progression looks like, the whole kit and caboodle from soup to nuts. You got anything else you want to say about JTAC before we wrap it up? Um, No, I think that's it. Controllers are still JTACs. Controllers, Yeah, not going anywhere, everybody. I don't know how many times we can say it. Uh, I don't know. I want to say thanks for everybody for hitting us up. Even if it is a question that we've answered a million times, we don't care. That's why we're here. I may give you some crap in the DMs. I, I probably will, uh, but I'll, I'll always sign my name. We're always here to help. Thanks for liking. Thanks for following. Oh, what's up, puppy? Yeah. Odin's, not, Odin's not jumping up here. He's still laying down. He doesn't give a crap. Um, go hit that like button, subscribe button, share it with your friends, hit it out there. Hopefully you guys are liking these shorts a lot more. We appreciate you guys coming out with us every single time we drop a podcast or, or checking out the YouTube or hitting us up on the DMs or whatever it is else you got. So we appreciate you. Train hard, earn each breath. Have a great one. We'll see you next time.